Jim, 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 Jim. Hello. Hey, Jim. Today, we're just going to be talking about us. I know. I like these episodes, actually. You know, our rigor one that we did a little while ago, like a lot of people yeah. listened to that. I was yeah. surprised. I was like, who's going to want to listen to us talk for 20 minutes or whatever? And people yep. did. I, I appreciate all of you for listening. Yep. So Tracy and Jim, we're here with, with the Little Things First podcast. And here's what I want to talk about. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. And it's thrown around a lot and there's lots of definitions about it. And um, so that, so that's the topic. But before we start talking about accountability, you and I have been talking about something that we could u- do to kind of kick off uh, each of our podcasts that might be a little more personal to, um, you know, to our to our podcast. So here, here's what I'm going to say. I, I want us to talk about what have we learned. So we're just going to share something that we've learned because we're lifelong learners and we're constantly trying to get better. And so uh, I'm going to put out something that might be a little weird for people, but I, I just have to put out there. I, I just recently had a hysterectomy about uh, four weeks ago. And um, here's the thing that I learned. You can't lift more than about a gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're laughing, Jim, but let me tell you about why that's important. Because as a person who wants to try to do everything myself, I was put in a place over and over again where I had to ask for help. And so what did I learn? I learned that it is okay to stop and get someone to give you a hand. Yes. Well, I told you about that book that I am reading now called Give and Take by Adam yeah. Grant. I wish we could get him on the show, but he's probably too Adam, famous for... Come yeah. Adam, we want you to be a guest on our show. If anybody knows Adam, then pass this along to him. But anyway, he has this book called Give and Take. He's in the business world, and he talks about how we all need to be givers and takers, yeah. kind of a mix of those. Yeah. And... Um, I, I think that's part of the problem in education. We don't ask for help enough. No, it's so, so true. I'm going to ask you for some help because okay. this is my little thing from okay, the last week I that I learned. Um, I learned that, you know, maybe a resolution isn't the best thing for me, but I participated in a Twitter chat. Ah. And uh, I said that with a lot of enunciation. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter chat. A Twitter chat. And um, they had us have just a word, one word that sort of encompassed what we wanted to pay more attention to this year. So hashtag whatever it is. And <laughs> my word is... So he's not saying hashtag W-H-A-T-E-R. <laughs> right. My word is focus, because there are some things that I've always wanted to do that I haven't been able to do. And um, I want to be able to accomplish those things. So I want to focus more attention on those things that are important to me. But it's kind of like that Eisenhower thing. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. four quadrants Mm -hmm. and it's the important but not urgent. Well, I want to be able to schedule time for that because I want to, I want to do those things. I want to focus more on that quadrant. So what about focus do you think that you don't have, Jim? Because I think you're actually really kind of a guy that's into focus. Well, might be yeah, that you have but, 12 areas that you're focusing on, but I think you're pretty good at focus. Well, that's probably not very focused if I have too many, right? Well, the things I want to do, though, yeah, I put off. You know, I'm kind of like, I can do this later. It's important to me. I really want this, but I can do it later. So I want you to be my accountability partner. That was one of the challenges. We interviewed Mark French a while back from Principles in Action. Mm -hmm. And this was a Twitter chat with Principles in Action. And he said, you know, 
get an accountability partner. Set the first of the month as your date to check in with each other on your word for the year. Okay. What's your word this year? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't lift the gallon of milk. Oh, wait, that's too many words. <laughs> right. That's too many um, words. So I, I actually have kind of seen this sort of floating by on um, social media a little bit, and and I, I haven't committed yet to one, and I need to because I do find myself in a place where um, I'm not accountable to myself and I'm not accountable to my goals. And so do I have to answer now or can I answer at the end of the You talk? can answer later. Yeah, totally. Because okay. I kind of caught you off guard with that. But I want you to be my accountability partner. Okay. And check in with me on how I'm doing with my focus. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, I love this. Yes, absolutely, Jim. I'd love to be your accountability Thank partner. You. So uh, let's find a way that we can make sure that we connect besides the times that we're doing our little podcast. Here, here's something I want to share with you that I've done before and something I really, really, really want to do. So maybe this is part of my like word, okay, for the, for the year. What I really want to do is create a space for educational leaders to get together and support each other. So here's the context. How many times have we been in district meetings and we go and they lecture to us and they tell us things and they give us to-do lists and they mean well. I'm not I'm not trying to slam anybody. They mean well and they want us to, to get these next things in place because they know the research shows that this is going to make a big difference. But what ends up happening is we as educational leaders show up at these principal meetings or coach meetings, and then we get our little to-do list and then we leave, but we're still sort of in isolation and we're not really um, in this place or this space where we're accountable. And I have been uh, in some some coaching training and some other work, and in this other kind of more of a business focus area, I've been invited to be part of a mastermind group. That's what they're calling it. And what I love about it is that every week we meet, we commit to each other that we're going to meet, we are available to each other if we ever need anything, and we sort of call each other on our crap. And mm-hmm. I love that too, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes when you're in that um, in that you know situation. But you you become friends, you bond, you connect, and you want everybody to be successful. So that. Okay, that's going to be somehow my word. Maybe I'm just going to say mastermind because okay. if we could have principals come together somehow, and we just used Zoom, we come together and we have a group of maybe up to six. I think if you get bigger than that, it's, it takes too long. It's, you don't have enough time to get the support you need. And and it would fill that need that we have to like, how are you doing this? What would you do? Or I had this parent who said this and I need to know more. And once in a while we can get that in passing before our district meeting starts or after our district meeting starts. And, and let me say this, my district this year has done a fantastic job on creating space within those meetings every time so we can talk to each other, which is a big shift for us. And already I feel a little bit of a weight off my shoulders because of it. But I don't think that that's really true across the board and across the nation. And the other piece is I don't really always want to go to my boss to say, hey, I don't really know how to handle it with this parent. And so what would you do? Or I don't really know what might be the best way for me to kind of roll this out. I want to I sometimes get feedback from other people without having to confess to my boss right away. 
she would, she'd be perfect. She'd be fine. She'd be supportive. But I want to maybe get another way to get feedback, right? Instead of always having to come to my boss who's busy. And then, um, I don't want it to be just filled with me saying, I don't know how. So what do you think? Mastermind? I don't know. That's kind of a hokey business name. So maybe I need to come up with something different. No, I like it. I think that that is really valuable. I've been thinking about this ever since we talked with Chris McCarthy out of the University of Texas at Austin, because he talked a lot about stress and about isolation that yeah. comes with being an educator. And yeah. I think, wow, you know, principals, teachers, we all need people to bounce ideas off of to share our emotions with it's an emotional job and um it's a judgment-free place right right that's a big piece of it is that you're talking about feeling judged by people that have the ability to judge yeah so i though wonder about the word accountability because there's so much right um laundry dirty laundry that goes along with that word for a lot of people right we just got our sort of accountability reports here in our state. And um, I'm saying sort of because uh, they fired the testing group that was giving the test last year because there was kind of a lot of failures. And um, during the tests, it would crash. And then when it crashed, then the computer lab had to be like quarantined and you couldn't go back and test until like it had been fixed. And then the same people had to sit in the same computer. So there was all these extra layers. And um, this testing experience, right? End of year testing experience is meant to be our our accountability piece, right? This is how we are to our constituents showing them that we have been learning, right? That we, our kids are getting better and stronger and know more and are more successful and have more skills. So that case, the word accountability is just like this one little one little blip on the on the whole year's worth of learning. So actually the word accountability kind of stinks. Yeah, it's gotten a bad rap, hasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. We kind of think about like, oh, accountability, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. going to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. But and, holding people accountable can be a good thing, especially if we have somebody that we trust. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's why it could be great that you're asking me to be your accountability partner. So as long as I can do that in a really supportive way, and I would want to say that it should be like multiple connections over time. It's not just this one pop, right? This one shot where we have sort of a a chance to win or not win, and then and then it's over, right? We had our our autopsy, I guess, of of what happened. Right. So here, here's another question: As we're thinking about accountability, how do you, as a coach, how do you find yourself with like colleagues or you know even your maybe maybe your boss, maybe other people above you. How do you guys sort of hold each other accountable or or not, I guess? What's it look like for you? Yeah. Um, I've always struggled with this a little bit because, um, well, I've been struggling with it as an instructional coach, honestly, because it's just that right balance. I mean, we've talked to some people about coaching on this podcast, and it's this right balance of like, caring and relationships and challenge, right? Challenging people yeah, and to, to keep improving that accountability. And so you have to have those relationships. Um, I think I'm still struggling with how to then transition from the relationship to that 
challenging directly. So I, again, I'm always talking about these books that I'm reading. I'm usually reading about nine books, but there's this book called Radical Candor I'm listening to on Audible, and it's all about this intersection of um, caring personally and challenging directly. Um, it's all about being a kick-ass boss, is what she calls it. So um, I, but I, I struggle with that. I've struggled with, I've usually been in one or the other, right? So I've either challenged directly and forgot about the caring part, or I've cared personally and forgot about the challenging part. So I think having both of those in play. Yeah, no, I love that. It's super hard. Okay. So here, yeah, here is the thing too, right? Because if you have people that you are working with, you want to challenge them. And to be honest with you, if you didn't challenge them, in a way, you are showing them that you don't care. Yes, yes. That's exactly what she says in the book, too. <gasps> oh, you could have written I that. could write a book. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, she talks. It's Kim Scott is her name. And, okay. and she talk, she's, was it with Google. And, um, you know, just, yes, if you aren't willing to challenge people directly, then... You know, you got to really look at, is this about them or is it about you, right? Because I'm, I maybe I'm not challenging directly because I'm looking out for myself and I want to be liked. That's you, kind of her argument. Yeah. Well, okay, let's go back to the challenging thing first. So the idea of, of the reason I said that you aren't caring if you're not challenging because every single, per this is my belief system. My belief system is every single person shows up at work and shows up in their life and they do the best that they can all the time. And every single person wants to get better. They want to get better at something. They want to get better at their job. They want to get better at interacting with a the kid. They want to get better at their relationship with their husband. They want to get better at uh, just being able to, whatever their hobby might be. Everybody wants to have goals. And if you think about your life without that goal, that place for you to stretch, you, you are not a happy person right? At least that's true for me, that I want to have something that I'm working towards all the time. Um, now, of course, I just flashed across my brain that I, I don't want it to just be retirement. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where my goal is I'm going to get one more year in and get to retirement. That That's not what I mean. I mean, like every year I have something that's drive, driving me and something I'm striving for. That's going to help me become better. And I think that that's really important. So one of the pieces I'm curious about is when we're talking about challenging, is that do we let people select the area that they want to grow? And how, how does it work in your district? Like goal setting and things. Yeah, so as, uh, we're trying to move towards letting data inform that conversation so letting data inform or making well it so data is informing yeah giving space for data to inform so okay. you're, the conversation is less about like well what do you want to work on what do i yeah. want to work on and it's more about like what do we need to work on because the data tells us that we need to work on it so that's what we're trying to do more of in school in um in our schools how do you feel about that 
I like it. I mean, I think it really takes away from, I mean, because we talked about accountability being such a personal thing sometimes, right? So I'm having to be accountable now. And uh, I know that sometimes teachers can feel that way in schools, like they're being held accountable. But this is really just using data as an accountability tool, right? So I can look at it and I can say, wow, okay, so... This is not what I want it to be, and how can we all work together, everybody who needs to work on this, to get it to where we want it to be? Okay, okay now I'm just I'm going to argue with you a little bit. Oh, please. Um, so let's just think about that. So we're going to use data to inform, which is fantastic. I think data actually is important because you can't tell if you won if you don't have the data, right? You can't tell if you're making progress, and I believe we all have to feel like we're making progress because that's what drives our work. And that's why we even jump into the ring in the first place to take on the challenge. But when you're thinking about this, as far as data informing, what data and who's collecting it? Where do you get the data? So it comes from a variety of places. Is it, it comes- just academic? Um, yes. It's Well, the data that we're collecting is supposed to be core-based. So it's supposed to be you know, I should be looking at a standard or um, uh, an objective in a standard. Yeah. Um, and so that, yes, it's not supposed to be, the data that we're collecting is not supposed to be like how many students are on task. Or Do you only have one goal in your district? In terms of? Like, like at the beginning of the year, you have teachers choose a goal before the year starts? Is that part of their like cycle of evaluation? They pick a goal and they share it with you and, or no, it's not formalized like that. It's not really formalized like that, at least not in my particular experience. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's an argument too, right? Is that maybe we're looking at the wrong data or maybe, you know, this data isn't share, showing exactly what we want it to show. Here's something I love. One of my favorite things about the work I'm doing in the district I'm in, is that we start off the year and we have a a meeting with teachers and they identify their goal. And they have to identify two goals. One of them is a student learning outcome goal. And that student learning outcome, of course, is going to be related to student success. Most often that's going to be academics, right? And that's going to be the goal that helps the school, I guess, continue to make progress in that core-based, right, data. We also have the uh, professional growth goal or professional growth plan goal. So in that professional growth goal, sometimes that's related to content, but sometimes it's related to something that's very unique to the people. And that one is the one that I actually am most excited about when I help, when I'm working with teachers. Cause I actually, you know, I see people taking on big goals that mean something to them that I, it would be tough for us to be able to measure through some of the, right, the, the data from the end of level assessment. So like, for instance, I'm thinking of a teacher got hired kind of late in the year. Um, the teacher is actually working on their alternative, uh, route to licensure. So they didn't go through the teacher ed program. They're enrolled in it, but they're teaching at the same time. And this person is a special ed teacher. So one of the things that's really important for this person to get, um, their, a grasp, a better grasp on is IEPs, right? This person doesn't really know how to even write IEPs or how to hold an IEP or how do you read an IEP or how to use the IEP information to help design your instruction. So for that person, I love it because that person is going to be working on 
you know, becoming familiar and becoming an expert in IEPs. Now, unfortunately, I wish that this person, um, not unfortunately, th this person has this goal, but I know actually uh, I kind of, I was a little bit of a pressure to pick a goal that was like this. So maybe if this person's listening to the podcast, they'd be like, well, you're right. You're the one that made me take this goal. I don't <laughs> want to do this goal in the first place. But what I really like is that is a just right fit, right? Goal for that person at this time. I'm hoping if you're listening right now, uh, because it's something that has to happen right now. And, and it, it will support that teachers work with their students, but, um, boy, that'd be tough. If it was supposed to be data informed, this person wouldn't really have that, uh, as a place to work on. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pushing back on, we create these systems sometimes and I don't know if it really helps us get better. Yeah. And I wonder too about the accountability piece that you just described, because I've always wondered about how goals for teacher evaluation really help teachers to, or any educators for that matter, to be more accountable. Right. right. So Because they're already showing up at school doing the best that they can. Right, right. They are already giving everything they have every day when they show up. Nobody shows up at school and says, huh, you know what? I think my second period I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail with them. Well, I'm going to argue with you a little bit on that because okay. I feel I don't think anybody shows up not wanting to do their best. But I also think that the kinds of goals, the kind of accountability that we're talking about is me coming to you and saying, I want you to hold me accountable to this goal that I've set. And I want you to ask me about it. And I want you to push me. Yeah. And so I'm asking for that. And not everybody has that same sort of, not that I'm saying I'm totally driven and everybody should be like me, but not everybody wants to do that. Do you find that? Like not everybody comes to us and says, or comes to even their colleagues and says, I want you to hold me accountable to this. I really want to get better at this. Well, they maybe aren't saying that they want to have you hold them accountable, but they are saying, I want to get better at this. And so the accountability piece is a natural way to help them get better at this. I think it's more because we have this system where it's kind of scary because yes. who's really being your accountable partner in most cases in our schools, who's the one that's, re you know, working and reviewing with you on your goal. It's the boss. Right. The boss is the one that's saying whether you met your goal or not. I think people would do it more if they didn't have such fear, you know, that yeah. accountability meant was equal to firing or some kind of a negative consequence. Yeah. And you know, when I work with my, my teachers right now, I've had to really, 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 I mean, really emphasize you do not get bonus points for making your goal. <laughs> the way that the rubric is in our district, you actually get bonus points or higher scores on your on the rubric of your goal. If you've measured your goal frequently, if you followed up with your goal frequently, if you checked with your goal, you made adaptations and adjustments, you brought in something different, you did a little bit of a tweak, you kept track of that, you looked at data again, you tracked some more, that's where you get all kinds of bonus points because the intent is we want it to be more like action research, right? Because we know people make these big goals and they have every good intention when they first make their goals about what their action steps are going to be. But we know life happens and things are never quite as you 
as you think it is, right? So as you're moving along through your goal, you have to naturally make adjustments along the way. And we, I want to empower teachers to be able to jump into that and try and learn and explore and come back and say, oh, I thought this was going to work and it didn't. It's, it sucked. It was bad. This was a much better way to do it because now they know, and I'm going to celebrate that they know now instead of like, oh, you know, you didn't meet your goal. You said you were going to have your goal at this point. I am so excited about the rubric being written that way. However, I am surprised at how much I have to remind people, you don't get points, extra points for reaching your goal. It'd be great if you did. I'm not saying don't reach your goal. I'm just saying, look at the data you created. Look at the way that you're checking. Look at the way that you're measuring your success. Adjust, adapt, find new ways. How are you going to make it even better? So when we're talking about like holding ourselves accountable, I love that model. And I, I'm sorry that I have failed because I should be checking in with those people every week and I don't, Right. I should be going in to everybody and, and bumping into them and saying, hey, how's it going? I know you were going to work on uh, bringing more science, you know, hands-on experiments into your classroom, and, and I'm just checking in. Because right away, it seems like it's evaluative, and it's not meant to be, but boy, it would be nice if we had kind of an accountability group or a, a way for people to regularly have someone or a group to be able to give them feedback. Well, could you do that? I mean, could yeah. we, could we establish that in our schools where we had a group of people that could come together and talk about their goals and their progress on their goals, and it was sort of a counted on sort of thing? Yeah, that'd be a great use of faculty meeting time rather than yeah. sitting there and having to you know listen to all the announcements that yeah. could probably be in memos. I have done that before. I have sometimes set aside time and, and people show up for the faculty meeting and I say, this is what we're going to talk about. And I ask them to jump into it and get feedback from their peers, but I don't do it enough. Um, so I'm glad you just reminded me because that's what needs to happen. We need to get time in to, you know, into those meetings that we have where people are getting feedback from their peers and it's a safe space for them to really... Yeah. Be able well, to and it talk. addresses some of the several of the topics that we've talked about here: teacher stress, psychological yeah. safety. Um, yeah, yeah, just all those things that are so important right now that we're finding. Um, I think that everybody, yeah, should have. I love the term accountability partner because it kind of changes yeah. the tenor of that. And word. we're like equals. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody should have an accountability partner, and I think we should. Try to get a professional learning network going, Tracy. Okay. And yes, I want to have this mastermind model that I've seen in the business world. I want to move it into the education world. And I'd love to have educational leaders come together in a safe space on a regular time, you know, at a regular meeting time and, and just, you have your group, you come, you learn, you share, you support each other. And yeah, I love it. So, Okay. I, I think we just have to move to the next step. And um, if you're interested, then go to our Facebook page, Little Things First Podcast, and uh, you can comment there and uh, we'll reach out to you if you're interested in this. We're going to try and find ways to send out emails to people who might be interested in something like this too, because I know that there's a group of people that are interested in having a connection on a regular basis with people to help them grow and to be a support for somebody else. I don't know. What other ways could we get the word out, you think, Jim? Well, we're now putting out a newsletter 
Um, so we'll put some information in the newsletter and yeah, we just need to hear from people who are interested in having that professional learning network because, well, and I'm going to say everybody needs it. Even if you don't think you need it, you need it. And, um, that's, it's probably contributing to maybe some dissatisfaction in your job if you don't have one or, um, just, you know, not being able to move to the next level. I think about I don't remember where I read this, but you know the skills that we had at one point that got us where we are are probably not the skills that yeah. we need to take us to the next level. So, so we need true. to constantly be thinking about what else do I need to learn and how do I need to um, network with people so that I can have the support to continue to grow in my career. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so your word is focus. Did you actually tell me more about what you're going to focus on? Or am I supposed to just say, hey, Jim, are you focused? <laughs> well, I mean, there's all sorts of things that I want to do connected to my job. Like I love education. I'm passionate about education. And so there are things that I want to do, like I want to do more writing. Okay. So um, I want to... do you want to have a whole bunch of those things? Because if I'm asking you to focus, I probably should stop you there and say, okay, writing. Yeah. That's true. Um, well, it's just about focusing on that quadrant, that important but not urgent stuff that I would put in there. And I probably need to put stuff in there that I feel like are important things to me, but I just haven't made the time for. One of the things is, um, you know, exercise too, like yeah. personal things. I haven't really made time for that important, either. Important, not urgent. Yeah. Important, but not urgent. If I don't get to it, then, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world, but it is pretty important. So Okay. So Jim, this next week, I want you to go to your calendar and I want you to track your I and you okay. time. Okay. I and you important, not urgent. Okay. And then you can decide what you're going to put in there. And it could be writing. Uh -huh. It could be exercise. It could be reading a journal or writing in your newsletter or what else could fit in there? Um, I think that's a good start. Okay. I'll go there. I and you time. Okay. And how about you? Are you still sticking with mastermind or are you going to think some I more? don't like the word. I think the word kind of stinks. So first I have to come up with a more sexy word. <laughs> right? Come on, mastermind stinks. Let's I don't think so, but yeah. It. Do you have a better name? Well, I mean, uh, we've been talking about accountability, but we Connect. don't want to have an accountability no, partner for accountability. Worse. <laughs> that's worse. Uh, I hope we're not boring our audience trying to come <laughs> up with gonna, a word. Okay, we're going to call, we're going to just leave it the MM, mastermind. We're going to okay. leave it that for now. And then my first job is to come up with a sexy word. Okay, sounds good. So mastermind, and I, I my, the next word that comes to me is connect. Okay. Right? Oh, nice. Or, I like that word. Or another word that just came was PPLC, which sounds like me. You have to go to the bathroom. Oh, That's horrible. Okay, I'm taking that one off the table. Were you talking about principal PLC? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's exactly yeah, I where that. I was going, principal PLC. Because <laughs> we don't really have I don't a think PLC. it works as an acronym. <laughs> okay, okay, connect. That's connect. a good one. Connect. Connect. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna work with the word connect, and then my job is I'm going to actually reach out to 20 people this week to see if they are interested in being part of a connect group. Oh, I love that. Okay. 
Why do I want to put the word X? I want to say connect X because everything sexy has X in it. Huh, like TEDx? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so Why not? Is there know. already connect X though? I don't want to steal anybody's title. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go don't look it up. Don't sue us. <laughs> but I like connect X. Okay. That's I a like better that. way. Okay. All right. Enough of this silliness. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, Tracy and Jim. We are with the Little Things First uh, podcast. We love learning. We love what we're doing. We love people who are joining us. Pass the word. Subscribe. Uh, invite other people to come and listen in with us. Jim, what other words do you have to say? That's about it. You, you, you encompassed it beautifully. Excellent. Everybody have a fantastic week, and we'll talk to you again in See another week. See you next time. All yeah. right. Bye-bye. <laughs>